Frustrations. I don't know if I got a lot to vent about today. I don't know. Had some good food over the weekend. Everything was good. You know, I'll have to find something. Oh, wait a minute. All I have to do is turn on my television. I'll find something that makes me sick. No when was doubt. the last weekend you didn't have good food? Is there a time limit on this question? No, I'm, I'm just curious because you're mm. always out and about and taking food pictures and everything all over the place. Whether you're in Sacktown, here in Vegas, going to wherever. Food's important, you know. It's, it, uh-huh. it, it certainly seems to be a <laughs> incredible focal point of your world. <laughs> I like food. I like sports. I like music. There it is. It's all wrapped up for is me. Is like strong enough? Yeah. Is what? Is like strong enough? Love. I love me some food. Love me some music. Love me some sports. And how about in order? One, two, three, huh? Wow. I mean, it's like, you know. Wow. That's tough, man. Uh, and, and what, I'm a seasonal guy. Where you does your wife and family fit into this whole love know. affair? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is Ballpark Frank, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. He's on stage daily here, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. I'm just curious. It, you know, it, <laughs> do we have to rank? Does everything really have to be a, a ranking? And why can't it just be... I love this. I People love this. Love I love list. that. There People it is. People love list. Yeah. Well, I gotta, you know. I got to get a list on that one, buddy. The, the, the Cartwright family contest doesn't say, what are some actresses you enjoy? <laughs> yeah. It says, what's the greatest one? <laughs> Terrible Tuesday already kicking off here. There we go. Numbchuck is on the other side of the glass. Uh, VGK Ballpark Frank, TC Martin with you. Here, as uh, we get rolling for you today, we will talk NFL franchise tag deadline has come and passed within the last hour, so we will get you updated on that. The big NFL news, Dak Prescott will be back with the Cowboys. It will not just be a franchise tag season for him. It's a four-year deal for the Cowboys quarterback, so we'll give you some thoughts on that. Four years, $160 million. And a big guarantee. Big guarantee. $75 million on the guaranteed side for that. Uh, yeah, that's... <sighs> when is it going to stop? When is it really going to stop? Because now you're going to get guys... And I'll say it. You know, Dak Prescott is a marginal quarterback. Okay, He's, he's an average quarterback. Maybe above average at best. And you can say what you want about touchdowns to interception ratios and and that sort of thing. But last year, guy played five games, got injured, understand that. Wasn't having a great season when he got injured. I believe, what, nine touchdown passes, five interceptions. You go back to that. But what has the guy won? What has he done to lead his team to victory? The guy has won one playoff game. That's it. One playoff game. Should we get excited about that? Should we get excited to the tune of $40 million per season? This is Aaron Rodgers type of numbers. This is ridiculous type of numbers for a guy who has not proven anything yet in the National Football League. You know, people say, well, they're a lot better with Dak Prescott than they were with anybody else. Well, that's because you had horrid backups. I mean, Andy Dalton came in and really, really didn't know the system was okay, nothing spectacular, but, I mean, the Cowboys as a whole. I mean, this this team has not been a perennial playoff team. I mean, they've been hit and miss. They've been basically, you know, 500, a little bit above the last uh, couple seasons. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not with this. And where does it stop? I don't think it does stop because it's going it to keep on going on and it's going to keep on getting more, and then the next guy's going to want more and more. Dak Prescott, you could make an argument – that the best thing that happened to his negotiations was getting hurt last year 
and the team seeing how bad they were when he wasn't on the field and freaking out and going, if we don't have this guy, what are we going to do? To me, when I see Dak Prescott, I see a quarterback that has really good numbers because he's not afraid to check the ball down and frequently does that. So his completion stats in that are a little bit gaudier than maybe they would be because he doesn't really try to stretch the field. He doesn't necessarily try to get that home run all the time. And his numbers are good when when he's got a good running game behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and when they don't have that, when Ezekiel Elliott's not running all over the field, then his numbers aren't as good either. So, and you ask me what he's won? Well, he won the one playoff game, like you mentioned, which does not get me excited. Well, maybe it does because I'm not a Cowboy fan, so I'm glad that they're not that successful. Yeah, a two-point narrow victory in that one playoff game yeah. in 2018. But but yeah. the one thing that he's won, he he he, he won the negotiation. He hit the jackpot. You huh? know, took I mean. Him, took him long enough to win it. He got $160 million for a guy who, like you said, $40 million a year. We were just talking about how J.J. Watt is like, wow, he got $23 million guaranteed. Yeah. Who thought he was going to get that much? J.J. Watt's going to be going, everyone want to shut up about me now? Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott? Really? I mean, J.J. Watt, you can make an argument right now, is a Hall of Famer. Now, he hasn't played a super long career, and he's had a couple injuries here and there, but mm-hmm. the impact he made immediately in that kind of stuff, I mean, yeah, I think you'd have to put him on that potential list. Is Dak Prescott? And he's making how much more money yeah. in that? And I know it's a quarterback, right. and I know it's the different position thing. But I've never it's been the so- position I, thing. I, yeah. I've never been sold that Dak yeah. Prescott is a great quarterback. I, I, I think he's taken advantage of a good running game, a good line in front of him, and again, he plays it safe. But playing it safe doesn't win you playoff games. But it hasn't mattered for him now. He won the most important thing in his world. I mean, I'm sure he'd love to win a Super Bowl. But he's got $75 million guaranteed and $160 million potential. That's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Do you know what the average salary is per season for a quote-unquote good quarterback in the National Football League right now? All right? It's $30 million a season. Think about that. So if you get to 30, you are considered a good quarterback. You get to 35, 40, you're considered upper echelon, the best of the best. And like I said, Aaron Rodgers, $40 million. Now Dak Prescott, $40 million. Dak Prescott is nowhere near Aaron Rodgers. But where does this end? Like you said, it's not going to end. So now Josh Allen. Let's take him for example. He's going to be a guy with Buffalo that's going to say, wait a minute, my numbers are better than this guy's. I mean, especially over the last couple seasons. I've won playoff games. So this clown's going to get $40 million, and Buffalo needs Josh Allen more than Dallas needs Dak Prescott, in my opinion. So his agent is going to have a field day. Allen's you know, agent's going to say, well, look, look, what, look what you're paying these guys. And Josh Allen is supposed to be the up-and-comer, right? And you go by his past two seasons, okay. You, you could, there's, there's an argument there. But where these teams are going right now, it is a deadly slope. The Green Bay Packers have no money to help Aaron Rodgers. Because think about this. Aaron Rodgers is getting 20% of the salary cap right now. Anytime a quarterback is getting 20% or one player, I should say, forget quarterback, but it's usually quarterback. A One player is on your 53-man roster is getting 20% of your salary. You're in trouble, plain and simple. Russell Wilson is right around that range with the Seattle Seahawks now. If one guy is going to command and he's not 20%, happy. exactly. And, he's not happy. and neither is Aaron Rodgers, yeah. right? That's what's amazing. They're getting this kind of money, and they're not happy. They say they want more money, and then they say, well, you got to give me a chance to win. We can't give you a chance to win because we gave you so much damn money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about where this is going. And let's go use the Packers as an example here. So. The Packers get to the NFC Championship game past couple seasons. They get there with really kind of a a makeshift defense and crew, not a bunch of of big-name guys. You know, they they said goodbye to guys like Clay Matthews and and people of that caliber in in the past. Really a bunch of uh, not, not household names. On the running back side, Green Bay has their two main running backs that are up for for money this year, and they're not going to be able to keep either one of them. Okay, that's Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams, and these guys were fourth and fifth round draft picks, respectively, 
a few years back, and now their time is up, and they have outperformed their contract. Think they're coming back to Green Bay? No way they're not coming back to Green Bay. So now Green Bay drafts uh, uh, um, A.J. Dillon from Boston College with a second-round pick last year, but A.J. Dillon really he doesn't have the speed. He doesn't really have the pass-catching ability of Jones or Williams, but he's probably going to be the feature running back or the main running back. They're and, hoping and, he overperforms and that he's better than they're yeah, expecting. But he's a second-round pick, where those guys are fourth- and fifth-round picks. So you know, he got some decent money. But when you look at him, I mean, he was clearly third in the depth chart for the Packers. But now they can't go out and they're gonna have to draft some more running backs now, and uh, hopefully get it done there. But why wouldn't quarterbacks? Well, I guess because you're selfish and, and you want the money. But why can't more guys be like Tom Brady and say, "I'm gonna do what's good for the team"? Ben Roethlisberger, give him credit. There's another thirty million dollar guy, right? Uh, I know him on the last legs. I want to get to a Super Bowl. I want to try to win a Super Bowl here. Yeah, I'd like to I'll, win I'll, one more. I'll give back. I'll, I'll give back a little bit. Yeah. And we saw Brady do it. It wasn't about going to Tampa Bay for the money. It wasn't going to the highest bidder. But guys like Aaron Rodgers, they're not, they're not going to sacrifice themselves for the team. They're going to sit there and pout because you drafted a guy out of Utah State in the first round trying to take my job. Well, fine. I'm just going to go ahead and take your money, and, and that's it. I'll go ahead and berate my teammates. That sort of thing, which well, we've and, seen him do. And, and let's be honest, he still whines about how low he was drafted in his draft yep. when Green Bay got him, yep. when the guy that was in Green Bay then didn't like the fact that they drafted him. And they were like, look, this guy's available. We have to take him being this far down there. But it is, it's funny because everybody always says how the wide receiver is the prima donna position in football. And they certainly talk and they're very vocal. But when you talk about the quarterbacks, you talk about people with the Eagles and that kind of stuff. And, and what they expect and what they want, everybody wants to get at least a dollar more than the other guy did. I mean, that's the thing. You mentioned a guy like Josh Allen. Well, what's going to happen with Herbert if, if he continues to develop like he is right now? I'm curious to see what the Bears are going to do. Are they going to sign Trubisky? What's he going to command? If $30 million is what you get for a quarterback and Trubisky wasn't very good, but then he played good the last half of the season— is he now a $30 million quarterback? Is he 35? Will someone go out there and say, hey, we, what we saw at the end there? Yeah, you know, Carson Wentz played well, got a big contract, then didn't play, now he's going someplace else. The consistency and everything else, and that's the other thing. When you give these guys these giant contracts, sometimes all of a sudden they go, well, I've made it now, and then they quit performing like that. Remember when everybody played on a year-to-year contract, basically? Every year was a contract year. Whatever year's a contract year, you play your butt off to get more money the next time. When it's guaranteed, a lot of guys don't have that work ethic. Yeah, yeah. No, and uh, the wide receiver position, I mean, it's, it's rampant. It's everywhere. You know, we always say that's the diva position because they're codependent. They're always complaining about not getting the ball. But, yeah, I mean, we're hearing more and more quarterbacks be very vo- vocal you know, Russell Wilson to a small degree, Deshaun Watson to a major degree. We're hearing him. Aaron Rodgers has always been that that whiner. But again, when a guy is going to basically hold his team hostage, like Rodgers has done, and command or now have 20% of the salary, you're not going to win. So if you're the Packers, how are you going to bring in uh, a, a quality wide receiver or someone, a quality middle linebacker? I know the Packers like their defense right now. But still, they're going to need running game. They're going to need someone else besides Devontae Adams. And that's why And then they're lucky think, he developed into the receiver that he is. Correct, correct. And so, yeah, it's... Again, it, it, it's going to have this, this effect. I mean, we go here locally with Derek Carr. Here's a guy that's, uh, you know, commands a, a high price tag, and it seems like everyone still wants him to go. I mean, Derek Carr isn't the problem with the Raiders. Okay, he's he's not he's not the problem. Matt Ryan with Atlanta, they want to run him out of town as well too, because the Falcons have been bad and they've fired coaches and general managers, and the Falcons lost their last five games of the season. Well, if you go back and you look at those last five games where the Falcons were pretty competitive. Wasn't Matt Ryan's fault? During those five losses, he threw nine touchdowns and three interceptions. Not the problem, right? I mean, a lot of these guys. Carr, not the problem here in Las Vegas. Bad defense, offensive line getting COVID, defensive line getting COVID, knuckleheads. We'll get to to that. You know, 
Raider story here in a minute. But yeah, it's just it, it's it's crazy where the salaries are going right now. And is it going to change? No, it's, it's not going to change. It's something that we have to live with. But I'm like you. Yeah, I look at Dak Prescott. I've never thought much of him. And the Cowboys really didn't think that much of him. Jerry Jones didn't because they put him on that franchise tag year after year after year. And they go, okay, what are we going to do? Here comes a deadline. Are we going to do it one more time, do it again? But if they would have, then that would have even cost them more money. Would have cost them, you know, I guess, what, $38 million towards the cap or whatever it is, something ridiculous. Let's just sign the guy long-term, give him a big bonus, here we go, and and let's get on with our franchise. And that's what they decided to do. So now you're stuck with Dak Prescott for the next four years. And like you said, and, and the amazing thing about it too is coming off the injury. We're saying that we don't think he's a $40 million quarterback when he's the best Dak Prescott. We don't even know if he's going to be that again. Yeah. I mean, you think you you hope he is for his sake and everything else, but I don't I don't know I I don't know where it all ends. I don't know what happens. And you mentioned a guy like Deshaun Watson. Well, when he see Dak Prescott's getting this, what is he going to want? Well, and then this argument comes up every day. You hear this, okay? So we got Dak Prescott. Who's better, Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott? And you get to play that game for a little bit. Okay, we'll play that game. Deshaun Watson's better. Absolutely. I would rather take Deshaun Watson. You know, and we we got that the other day too. It's like okay, uh, Russell Wilson, he wants out of Seattle or he wants more money. Uh, Seattle really can't afford to get him a lot of help. Uh, are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? We're going to do a straight trade? No, you're not going to see that. Who's better, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? Well, Russell Wilson's a better quarterback. He's proven more. He's he seems to be the smarter quarterback. Yeah. So obviously, Deshaun Watson is the flavor of the month. People, are, who's better, Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan? I'll still take Matt Ryan. For all the deficiencies that the Atlanta Falcons have, and again, they're kind of in a rebuilding mode, Matt Ryan's still a really good quarterback. Oh, and, and by the <laughs> way, let's not forget, every year you have a whole new crop of quarterbacks coming in from college football as well that are ready to make a, a, a statement. Trevor Lawrence is certainly thinking that he's going to be one of those right up there in the not-too-distant future. I mean, there's already people thinking that, you know, Jacksonville, once they get him, I mean, you know, what are the Super Bowl odds going down to? <laughs> Pump the brakes, no, people. It's nonsense is what it is. It, it is nonsense. Yeah. But again, but they'll get him on a rookie contract, and it'll seem kind of friendly, hoping that he develops into a superstar. And then if he does develop into the superstar that they want him to, then when it comes for the contract down the, lo- the, down the road, then if they pay him, they're not going to have him any help for him again. Yeah. It, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And you look at these teams, and we'll use Buffalo as an example there. Okay, when they got Josh Allen, people are going, oh, really? This kid from Wyoming? Really? And it took him a little while to develop. But what did Buffalo do around Josh Allen? They gave him some weapons. They gave him some good wide receivers. They really decided to build up that defense. And Buffalo is a well-rounded football team. Just like the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott with getting a great offensive line in it. Mm -hmm. Like the Raiders have done with Derek Carr. They have the highest-paid offensive line out there. Well, that's why guys stand up and they do look better, too, because you do get a protection. Then you pay them so much money that you can't keep the protection and all the skilled players around them anymore. Right. It, it, it's just a crazy, nonsensical thing. And then you're hoping that fifth and sixth round draft picks develop and outperform their contracts. And then when they do, once their contracts are over, then they leave. <laughs> And I'm not sure how good of the the <laughs> offensive line the the Raiders are. They uh, so you know breaking news uh, you know happening today with that, and they've lost you know two of their offensive linemen. We heard the news the other day right. about but, Richie but Incognito. But last year they had a good but offensive line, they did. especially when healthy. Yeah, well, so that leads us to our news of the day here locally here in Las Vegas, as the Raiders trade. Their offensive lineman, who they had so many problems with, and we're talking about Trent Brown. So the Raiders trade offensive tackle Trent Brown back to the New England Patriots. I say back because that's where he came from. They give him to the Patriots for a fifth-round pick next year. This was this guy was supposed to be the anchor of your offensive line. Then they brought in Richie Incognito, who had all kinds of problems wherever he's been, specifically in Miami. This guy was a head case. He was a problem. He wasn't productive at all the last couple seasons, and you bring him in. So now you lose two guys, two of your starters from your offensive line. And what's Derek Carr thinking now? Well, but you know what? Good riddance. 
because those two guys ha- have underperformed. Talk about you know outperforming your contract. These clowns underperformed their contract. So Trent Brown had a great year with the New England Patriots in 2018. That's when they won a Super Bowl, and he was part of that championship. And the Raiders bought that hook, line, and sinker, if you remembered. They signed him to a deal of, what, four years for $66 million, which is a truckload of money for an offensive lineman. What did he do for the Raiders last two seasons? He played in only 16 games combined. All right, 16 games combined over the last two seasons. Uh, qualify that as a bust. And now you give the guy away, and in return you get what? A fifth-round pick next year? Yeah. Uh, who's the happy camper today? Trent Brown. I'm going back to New England. Now, we understand the Patriots are not the same team as they were when he left, but still, he's going to make about $11 million this season playing for the Patriots and uh, the Raiders say good riddance to him. But he contributed absolutely nothing for his time here in Vegas. Well, we know that Belichick prides himself on getting the most out of people that didn't work out other places, so now he's got a project on his hand. We'll see if he does any good there. You mentioned that he was uh, looked upon to be the anchor. Well, sometimes anchors sink, and that's what happened to him here in Vegas. Yeah, it, 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 it is the thing. And we talk about, guys, you hope everybody outperforms their contract. But the reality is a lot of guys don't, and, and, a, and a lot of guys, you know, underperform, and he certainly did. And then, you know, the, the, the injuries and the COVIDs and the this, that, and the other stuff that, that, that's there, it's just, it's, you know, he didn't, he certainly didn't work out here. And as far as getting the fifth-round pick, this obviously is a move where the Raiders are just saying, it's addition by subtraction. Yeah, exactly. Good just riddance. getting rid of him is, yeah. if we get a fifth-round pick and he turns out to be somebody – Cool. If we get a fifth-round pick and he never plays it down in the NFL, we still got rid of Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. So that shows what they thought of him in this system and that. It, 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 it's a crazy game sometimes. But, again, even think about that. And, and I know it's not a ton of money for NFL players or whatever, but $11 million for a guy who was a bust. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You know, no, this it, is it, It's monopoly money that we talk about here. And, and and that's why the average fan gets so upset in that. And you can't always hold it at that level, but people still do or whatever. But, yeah, it, it's frustrating to think. I mean, God, I, I would love to be that horrible at my job and get a tenth of that. But that is a lot of money for an offensive tackle. Yeah. That, that's a lot of money. Well, especially a lo- a really, $11 million especially a, really a season. Especially a bad one. Exactly. <laughs> my point, exactly. And we know that. The drafting and when you sign free agents, it's not uh, an exact science. Okay, there's room for error. But with free agency, you've got a, you've got body of work in front of you. Okay, when you're drafting someone out of college, there's a lot more room for error there. Okay, the level of competition. Uh, you got to do your homework. Uh, you don't have that relationship with college coaches and, and that sort of thing. You're really relying on your scouts and then your own eyes when you're looking at, at past game film when the guy was in college. All that stuff. You really don't know the person at all. But once they become a pro and when they hit free agency after their third or their fourth year, you've got a body of work that you can look at. Not just stats, but talk to fellow coaches and, and other people who maybe have played with this guy that are on your team now. You have a, it's, it should be better. You, you so, know them on and off the field. Absolutely. You know everything about yes. them because yes. lifestyle, especially yeah. at the NFL, because they do right. have the money and all this, that's a big part of it. Are they professional? Do they handle it as a profession and do what they're mm. supposed to do to be ready to play? I know the Raiders have always been just win, baby. Yeah, that was you just win. You can do whatever you want to as long as you're ready to play on Sunday. Trent Brown wasn't. And then I guess, you know, for the Raiders – Maybe this was a surprise to them because they see this guy with New England. He started every game that season in 2018. He wins a Super Bowl championship with the Patriots. But there had to be some signs here where he's not a good fit. And that was apparent after he got here. I don't know, maybe, you know, we always talk about, hey, Las Vegas isn't a good fit for everybody and this and that. Well, if that's the case, then why would you even think about a guy like Richie Incognito? I mean, this is a guy that that hazed his own players in his own locker room. He was an often injured guy. He was an often volatile guy. And, and we've seen the Raiders go and sign guys like this with troubled pass. 
in, in the past. We've seen that time and time again. But they can't get out of their own way. And I understand Mike Mayock maybe wasn't part of, of that years and years ago. And maybe John Gruden wasn't either. But there's, they're making the same mistakes that, that Reggie McKenzie made as the GM. And I love Reggie. You know, I'm not saying he, he made a whole bunch of mistakes, but it cost him his job. But, again, there have been a lot of questionable calls. I mean, why would you bring in Antonio Brown? Knowing he's fresh off the dumpster fire in Pittsburgh and, and what, everything was going around. And then you're even maybe even considering guys like Josh Gordon and, and players like that. I mean, why? Richie Incognito was one of those guys. And what happened? Oh, he's gone now. Uh, Trent Brown? Oh, he's gone now. Do you think that sometimes maybe they still fall in love with their moniker and their reputation of bringing the Bingo. bad boys and just Bingo. win, baby? And yeah. we can get something out of them where other people can't. It's not the 1970s anymore mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, you know, where, where, the, where the Raiders were, you know, they changed rules all over the place to make it safer. And the Raiders players, I believe it was Matusik once who said, well, we're not the dirtiest team in the NFL. We're responsible for like 52 rules to make the game safer. <laughs> because Yeah, clothesline it. It's not technically illegal. Let's do it. And it's like, and I still think that sometimes they're looking for that type of, they want that feel-good story of, yeah, we took this guy here. And yeah, he was in trouble. And yeah, we had to bail him out after Saturday night. But on Sunday, he performed on the football field. It's a different world. And you can't, you can't just bank on that working over and over and over again. Certainly not in this day and age. Yeah, no, there are several guys that, that, that fall into that. The, the, the Raiders, uh, you know, went after. Uh, Vontez Burfett, remember him? I mean, what, 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 all the trouble that he had he in Cincinnati? He was a nightmare in Cincinnati. <laughs> he was absolutely ridiculous. Why not, why not roll out the red carpet for Pac-Man Jones while we're at it? And another guy who was in Cincinnati yeah, as well. I know. It's... I quit watching TNA Wrestling because they gave him a job for a while. I'm like, <laughs> if they're going to employ this guy, I can't watch this. Terrible. Just downright pathetic. So Dak Prescott. He's a terrible every day, not just Tuesday. <laughs> Four years, $160 million, $66 million signing bonus, uh, and an NFL record. Think about that. NFL record, $75 million for the first year. That's what Dak Prescott is going to be going to the bank and cashing. Seventy. Five million dollars this first year. That'll be that. That'll get him and Ezekiel a lot of beads when they go down uh, to uh, New Orleans after the season, <laughs> or maybe something else when they go to Seattle. And the time they go to the uh, smoke shop or something, you know. Smoke oh, shop. Bro, and, I'm low you know. bro. And also remember, in Seattle, always wear a raincoat. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> All right, a lot hit on today. A WCC tournament, the championship game tonight, Gonzaga and BYU, the top two seeds. We'll give you some thoughts on that next hour. Curtis Terry is going to join us, the former UNLV running Rebel, and Curtis Terry, uh, also part of the UNLV radio broadcast. The Rebels and will open the Mountain West Conference tournament uh, coming up uh, tomorrow at 1.30. Yes, they've got the janitor game. So we'll talk to Curtis Terry uh, today regarding UNLV's chances. Plus, when we come back, you know what that means. It is Terrible Tuesday. The T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. He was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. The Dr. Is now in. Yes, coming to America. That was on my viewing list over the weekend. And of course, we hear the rejoiner from the original Coming to America. So uh, I don't know how many people saw it or not. I know Numchuck saw it. Frank, a lot of people on social media have seen it. I have not seen it. Yeah. So, and again, you have to have. The Amazon Prime to get it. It's not at the theaters, obviously. And uh, it's one of those things that uh, I basically, I guess it, I guess the marketing worked. Because I've never had Netflix and the Amazon Prime and, and done those things. But it, it propelled me to, to get it. You know, it propelled me to get it. And I said, okay, I, I really want to watch this movie. 30 years in the making. I love the original. Uh, l- let me get it. So uh, I did and got a chance uh, to watch it. And uh, I don't know. I, I actually thought it was okay. Now, you know, I'm a big critic when it comes to the sequels. And again, something that is so iconic, like a coming to America. I put that in the same category as the Blues Brothers, as the Longest Yard, and you're never, ever going to top the originals. But you didn't it's mind not, the yeah. Blues Brothers, too. Okay. 
it's purely for my love of the music and the um I guess the stars that they brought back. And it seems like one thing that they do do in these sequels is they they don't care about the budget. They're going to bring back as many of the guys that they possibly can. That's what Coming to America did. So with the Blues Brothers 2000, I mean, yeah, I wanted it, you know, years afterwards. I didn't want, you know, 1980 it came out, and then they did it in 2020. So it was 20 years later. And, of course, with no John Belushi. You mean mean, 2000, not 2020, so. Blues Brothers eight. 2000. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be 40 That's years. 40 that, years ago. Yeah, that, that would be like coming to America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Close. Thank you. Yeah. So 20 years later for that, when that came out in 2000, um, the storyline was not great. Um, you know, a lot of the guys aged, of course. Um, you know, they're, but at least they attempted and, and they brought back uh, a, a lot of the same the same guys. I mean, you saw Rita Franklin, back, you saw yeah. James Brown. Yeah, you they saw brought the back band. some of them, and then they threw yeah. in a couple of new ones. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I, I like Johnny Lang, so yeah, I was happy exactly. to see him in the yeah. movie. And, so. and they sprung it off to some of the newer guys. But, yeah, but, but like you yeah. said, but, but just the whole thing, the plot, it, it, I, I know. I know. I'm not a fan. Yeah. You didn't I, like I certainly it. am I, not a fan. I tolerated it. Okay, I tolerate it. So now with Coming to America, I'll admit, I thought it, it started off pretty slow. But then it started to pick up pace, and what I what I really enjoyed most about coming to uh, to America, I guess coming to America, the sequel, is that they got basically the entire cast thirty years later, and some of these people were still alive. I mean, John Amos still alive, and that was a focal point because because Eddie and Arsenio, I've seen them on several interview shows at night, and they said that that was one of the big things that 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 even they had to look and go. Mm -hmm. Is someone so still alive? Oh, right. they are. Let's see if the right. let's see if they can do it. So the only one that was uh, had passed on was James Earl Jones's wife in the movie. So James Earl Jones was in the movie. I was a little bit bummed that they had him die off so early in the movie. He didn't have a very good a very big part at all. And I guess they they felt they had to do that to take the storyline where they took it. Uh, in order for Akeem to become the king and that sort of thing. So he couldn't be the king. So what would it be? So, yeah, I guess that, but I, I wanted so to So there see. was a spoiler alert there because I didn't even I know, know that part I, of it. I, I, I know. I, I, I'm spoiling it, but I know a lot of people saw it, but who cares? But anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> but <laughs> you don't have Amazon Prime, too bad. TC does, and you can suffer. It's a terrible Tuesday. Put on your big bad so points and deal with it. Geez. Well, I think I need to... <laughs> I didn't mean to be spoiler. Like, hey, I'm going to bust this out on you. It was just like, okay, well, why? Because I didn't know why James Earl Jones had such a small part. I thought he was going to have a large part. So I'm just telling you I was disappointed. But then in... You didn't know he was Marlon Brando in Superman. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> but So I didn't know going into it that, you know, how big a part he was going to have or whatever. And then, yeah. So, so you know, he dies off. <laughs> but... but uh, the woman who played his wife, she died off many, many years ago. And I'll give you a couple other spoilers. So the other two people who were not in the movie, um, one was Patrice, which, remember, was Lisa's sister. All right? Okay. Patrice, okay. So she's been in some other things, but it's been a long time. The only thing I could figure is... She was the one that thought Arsenio was the prince? Exactly. Okay. Right, right. Now, if you remember how that movie ended, remember Soul Glow Man? Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Er- Eric LaSalle, who played Soul Glow, and Eric LaSalle's been in a bunch of stuff. He wasn't in the movie either. So they could have brought him back because the movie, the original movie, ended where he was like sneaking in the the door to take her away and they were going to be a couple or whatever, that sort of thing. So, you, you, But I guess because she was busy and couldn't do the film because uh, she was actually in something, I guess, when they started filming this in 2019. That uh, so I don't know took, why they didn't bring It took 30 him. years to put this thing together, and they couldn't find a timing when it worked out for her to do it. I guess. And then again, they probably figured, well, what was she going to you know, eh, do anyway? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do, do the other thing. But We're, we're going to do this blockbuster. You go do whatever right. you're doing. But the best thing about it was, okay, without spoiler alert, <laughs> is they had the references, so many references to the first movie. All right? So... You know, they they did the references to to Randy Watson and sexual chocolate, and then they had like the one-liners, yeah, the barbershop scenes and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Here's Randy Watson. He's making an appearance right now. There it is. And so when you see this, it's like, oh man, that's cool. So yeah, I think the ending, especially the last half hour, was was pretty cool. But what I didn't like is that so much of this was in Zamunda, as coming to America. 
I want to see more America. I want to see more Queens. I want to see more Madison Square Garden. But they did flashbacks, so you got to see some iconic scenes from that movie. And then they had references to the movie. And so that was cool. So the one-liners were ingenious. The writing was great. The Wesley Snipes was in this thing, too. And when was the last time we saw Wesley Snipes? I thought he was barred from Hollywood. And who is the comedian that they, Tracy, was it Tracy Morgan? Tracy or? Morgan. Yeah. Hot, the hot the hot comedian. They wanted to bring yeah. him into well, it. And, and, yeah. and because I heard that they had changed his roles because they were trying to write him in. Yes. Originally, he was going to be the son. But he's too old. Of Eddie Murphy. Right. And Arsenio Hall said he kept on looking and he would make jokes and stuff like, you going to have uh, Samuel Jackson be your son in the next movie yeah. or something? Well, he said Morgan Freeman, yeah, actually. Yeah, Morgan Freeman, who, yeah. Who actually was, uh, he was in the movie too. Yeah. And, so, and, yeah. And, and so uh, right. that, because Arsenio said, I couldn't really say I didn't like it or whatever, but right. I was trying to let Eddie know I really didn't like it, that idea. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you bring up a funny point too about Samuel Jackson because a lot of people don't probably remember Samuel Jackson was in the first movie. I mean, he really didn't have much of a, of, of a part at all. So, oh, people are probably saying, well, why didn't you bring Samuel Jackson back? But he was just, you know, he was just like just an appearance. And again, he was a no-name actor at that point in time in 1988. It was a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. So, but, uh, no, so I, I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people say uh, they didn't like it. But, again, if you're sitting there and you're expecting to be as good as a sequel, it's never happened. I mean, maybe what, Godfather... Two to one, maybe you can make that. Could be, but I mean, everything else it fall, fails in comparison. You know, I was a big American Graffiti fan, and when they tried to do more American Graffiti, oh, I, that was that was a bust it, to it me. Was, but I was so hyped about it, you know. Just you know, and how about like all the Rocky pictures and the Rambo's and this, that, and the other? Because certainly, I mean, and, and let's face it, a movie that is popular does get a ton of sequels. Yeah. And I know you mentioned the one, The Longest Yard. What I like about the longest yard, it wasn't a sequel. It was just no, like they just tried to remake it. Yeah, with yeah, and was, you, that was you know, garbage. The, the yeah. guy went, "Oh, the cheeseburgers and this." It's like yeah. this is terrible. No, terrible. Just it, terrible. You know, you can make the argument that Rocky Two is maybe as good as Rocky One. Yeah, but then in my opinion, it really kind of tailed off after that. I mean, a lot of people love Four with Drago and all that stuff. I didn't. I didn't care the whole Russian thing. I thought that was just so. Yes, yeah, you can have that. Jeez, they fight for me. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible Tuesday. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible uh, idea. Yeah. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, I'll tell you what went wrong. The NBA All-Star Game, and this has been bugging me for a long time now. And again, it's there's nothing good about the NBA All-Star Game, all right? No conference affiliation, no sense of team play, all about individuality, the things I hate most about sports, which we were pretty much just talking about in the first segment in, in a different context. But, uh, you know, many of the star players don't even want to play anymore. You know, talk is more about who will win the MVP instead of back in the day, you would get, you know, the bonuses for the winning team and the winning conference. And there was pride and, you know, the uniforms were pretty much stayed true. Now every year we're conjuring up uniforms. Oh, yes. And it has turned up to just a plain pickup game. When we're getting rid of conference affiliations and we're going with LeBron James versus Kevin Durant and let's just pick teams and we're doing the schoolyard game of, of, of picking guys. I've, I've had it. It, it. Enough is enough. And Kevin Durant didn't even play in the game. And Team Durant, and he's not even playing. No, literally this is a pickup game. And the league has let this happen. The league has let the players really run with this thing. They think that that's a cool thing. I'm not even sure the, the players really even care or even like it anymore. Everything is just getting blasé. And you can even make the argument that the players are running the league now. The NBA, with everything is talking about. But for me... The tradition is gone. Yes, call me, get off my lawn guy or whatever, but I don't know anybody that really enjoys this. Whether you're, you know, if you appreciate the NBA, you appreciate, uh, you know, the way the games are played, uh, to me, this is garbage. Well, even when it was East versus West, even though it really didn't matter, at least you had East versus West in that. But you're right. Now we have guys picking teams. Like you mentioned, Durant doesn't even play. LeBron James probably shouldn't have played. He said he didn't want to be there. Uh, we heard a bunch of players saying going into this one that they didn't want to do it. 
that it was basically because Chris Paul wanted to, so they all basically okay, fine, we'll we'll do it because Chris Paul wants to or whatever. I don't know he was why he was so hell bent on wanting to do it. Then you have the three point contest before the game. Then you have the slam dunk with three guys that nobody knows hmm. unless you're a diehard or you live in one of those no. cities who's performing at the halftime and everything. It, it's just a complete mess. I mean, I kind of give him credit for trying different things because we saw the rookies versus sophomore game, and we saw that we've seen him try different things in that. But yeah, I'm with you. I I used to look forward to the NBA All Star Weekend kind of. Maybe it was because I was a kid, and maybe because I'm old enough. Because I remember when the ABA and the NBA merged, and when the slam dunk contest was new. When the yeah. three point contest was new. When you had the guys from the ABA that you didn't see playing in the NBA. But now it's just a joke, and you're almost penalized for – if guys play defense, you'll hear somebody on the other team going, what are you doing over there? Yeah. Uh, you, you ruined my highlight reel moment. No, and the highlight is the three-point contest. When you have guys like Steph Curry that are willing to play, and we touched upon this yesterday, that's fantastic. But literally, this is going the way that the Pro Bowl is gone, where you might not – you might as well just you know, pass. If the players really don't care and it's turned into a pickup game and, and the basketball is garbage – you know, for, forget about it. I mean, remember, Major League Baseball, I'll give them credit. The, that the All-Star game is still something to watch. And remember, Major League Baseball, they didn't want it to be a circus. They got so serious about it that they said, you know what? We want to keep the integrity of these teams together, the American League versus the National League, and, and have it mean something, that we're going to give the winner of this meaningless exhibition game home field advantage for the World Series. That's how serious they want to preserve the tradition. And, you know, some people thought that was a little ludicrous, but good for Major League Baseball because it, it just shows you how serious they are about their product. The NBA doesn't care about this. Well, and even with baseball, it did change since when we were kids in that because it used to be if you made the all-star team in baseball, that was enough. Then everybody said, well, I made the all-star team, but I didn't play in the game. So everybody started whining if they didn't get in. So they had to put everybody in at some point, and then they had games where they ran out of players, and they had the one in a tie, and that kind of ruined everything. So even that, it's, it's not exactly what it was, but you're right. They at least try to keep the integrity of it. Right. I'm going to pile a little bit more on here uh, in the NBA as well, too. So, you know, we've seen the three-point shooting. We've talked about this before. Uh, you know, the Bucks and the Timberwolves played a week ago last Tuesday night. And I know you brought this up the other day about the number of three-point shots, and we're going to talk to Bill Cartwright about that when he was in with us. Do you know how many three-point shots that those two teams combined for? 96. I was going to say, it's probably got to be close to 100 if Utah put up 55 by themselves in a game. 96 threes in this game on a Tuesday night, just a regular game. Now, if this would have happened a couple years ago, it would have been an NBA record. But now, this is just what happens on a natural Tuesday night now. Minnesota was 19 for 54. Milwaukee was 20 for 42. Compare that to how many free throws the teams combined. 96 threes. Free throws, 27. What does that tell you where the game is going today? Minnesota shot nine free throws in this game. No one's interested in getting to the paint. Mid-range jumper, going inside, forget about it. 96 threes. If you do the math here, this is serious. I did the math. The barrage in a 48-minute game of threes, that's one three-pointer for every 30 seconds. All right, and you got guys like Giannis and Anthony Edwards that are putting up threes from 26 feet out, like with 14 and 16 seconds left on the shot clock. I mean, early in the shot clock. It's ridiculous. You know, this has turned into a, a terrible rendition of once where the great game of professional basketball was. Remember, and you're old enough, you remember, when the league added the three-point shot, and you mentioned the ABA and all that stuff, because right? it started there you know, 10 years prior, 13 years prior. 1979. That's when the NBA brought in the three-point line. And if you remember, we were all thinking, hey, this is going to be pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. But you know what's awesome about it? Players were afraid to take that shot because they weren't used to it. Only the sharpshooters took the three-point shot. You shots. had specialists. You had specialists that did that. And there, were, there weren't a whole bunch. You may get about 10, 12 threes a game back in those days because players said, you know, I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to get yanked out by my coach or whatever. But if you had a pure three-point shooter, then yes, he shined at that. But they were, they were fearful, uh, fearful of failure, and, uh, and that wasn't part of the offense. Now it's just all thrown out. That is the offense. So for me, 
I'm getting sour with the NBA, and it hurts me because it's a game that I used to love. Well, I've been saying it for a long time, and I know some people say that I am the old guy on his rock yeah. on the porch watching the kids on the get-off-my-lawn yeah. type of deal. Me too. Yeah. It's become a glorified three-point yeah. shooting contest. And if that's what you want, that's fine. And then you have something like the All-Star game this weekend or that day. Yeah. It wasn't even really the weekend. And what do we see? We see Seth Curry taking one step over to half-court line and throwing up threes in that. So it's not going to get any better. I'm just wondering when somebody's going to say, you know, let's make me on half-court a four-point shot. <laughs> well, we've seen that before. We've seen that in the the big three. That's what they did, right? Well, wait, wait, remember yeah. when MTV used to have those yeah. little things? And here's the 10 points yeah. thing, and the, yeah. then they had the 20-foot rim in that. Right. I, it's, it's, it's becoming and one on an NBA court. Mm. You know, we see a lot of counterculture these days. Or Counter- cancel culture. Cancel, cancel culture. culture. Please define cancel culture. Cancel culture is where everything's getting canceled because oh, yeah. uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago, this was this was cool, and now it's got to stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just saw Mr. Potato Head. It's now just Potato I Head. I hate cancel culture. You know, we, we see it. a lot of stuff like that. Well, the latest victim, and it does have a sports time, because you remember the movie Space Jam. Everybody Absolutely. remembers Space yeah. Jam. Yeah. Now they're going to make a new Space Jam. Yes. But just like in Coming to America, one thing that you liked about it was that everybody came back. Yes. Well, there's going to be somebody missing from Space Jam. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Bugs is coming back. Isn't Bugs, Bugs coming back? Bugs is going to be there. All right. Who else is coming back? Lola's kind of going to be there, but it's not the Lola that you're Who? used to. Lola? Lola Bunny. Lola, Lola Bunny's not going to. Lola good. Yeah. 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 Well, she don't look as good now, but that's part because of this. But Pepe Le Pew. Remember Pepe Le Pew? Uh, Pepe Le Pew. Pepe stunk, didn't he? Well, I, you know, they only stink if they're attacking you or something oh, like that. So may, maybe he did have good hygiene when he wasn't, uh, you right, know, right. on the prowl or something. Yeah. But he was always on the prowl, and he was always on the prowl for Penelope Pussycat. Remember Penelope Pussycat was a cat yes. that used to be yes. led around by her owner, which I always thought was kind of weird, too, because she would carry her, and she had a collar around her and actually had it on a chain like a dog or something. But not to be confused with Penelope Pitstop. No, no, no. That, it, that was... That uh, underdog. Yeah, right? yeah, that was underdog. Huh, good reference, though, right? All right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. And there was also Sweet Polly Purebred was another one. That's underdog. another one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, All right. But Penelope Pussycat would be walking around and somehow always got white paint dropped on her, and Peppy thought that it was another skunk. Well, now people are saying that Peppy Le Pew, it encourages bullying, and it encourages the rape culture. What? The rape culture. How's that? Because he was always hitting on her, and he was very handsy and very grabby in that. So Peppy Le Pew was out. He was rated G. What are you talking about? Now, Linda Jones, the daughter of Chuck Jones, who was the creator of Peppy Le Pew, said back in the... 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, everybody was cool with Peppy. They kind of understood that it was just a joke and it was good humor and this, that, and the other. But she said it is a different world now. So she understands a little bit. She's trying to be understanding. She said, but instead of just writing Peppy out, that's Looney Tunes' prerogative. They can. But why don't we recreate him? Why don't we reinvent him? Make Peppy Le Pew, instead of being the guy who's always grabbing the woman and trying to, uh, you know, Get her to, you know, enough with the, uh, you know, the courting, and then we go right to the sex in the back room or something. Let's, um... Pepe never said the word sex. Uh, he, he said they're making love. He said they're making love. <laughs> so, see, I, I, that's why I need to be cancel cultured, apparently. <laughs> but, um, or just cancel. Yes, but she suggests maybe he's a, a guy in this day and age who... Keeps on trying to go get a job or something, and just keeps on getting turned Wait, down over okay, and over. Okay, so you went back again. to Lola, Lola Bunny, right? Lola what, Bunny. What did they do to her? You said she's she's back. Well, well, I, I guess she is in a way. Just but, spit it out. What's wrong with Lola? Well, she's. Am not, I going to see a different Lola? She doesn't have the feminine curves that she used. Did to they have. cancel her curves? Is she, that what you telling me? Yes, yes. She she doesn't have the uh, figure eight. Um, we try to say she's flat chested. Yes, she they is chopped her off. Flat chested. Yes. Did did she have a procedure? I, I don't know if she had the procedure or not, or if she's just wearing more loose-fitting clothing, but um, Lola Bunny does not have the um, the figure. She doesn't have the breast figure of any cartoon character. Oh, jeez. <laughs> when is Space Jam coming out? I don't know, but LeBron James is going to be in it from what I understand. Yeah, but that's the reason no, uh, enough not to see it. Jeez. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, leave it at that. Unbelievable. All right. Uh Real quick. Yes, uh, mon chéri. I, you know, that's enough. That's enough. Terrible Tuesday. You know that 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 is enough. I still can't get over that.
And we're just, uh, we're going to just write characters out. Long-term We're changing characters. everything. I mean, Dr. Seuss books are going off the shelves. Yes, now, again, that was by his family. Mr. Potato is now just Potato Head because, you know. Aunt Jemima's gone. Aunt Jemima's yeah. gone. Uncle Ben's Uncle gone. Uncle Ben's gone. Yeah. A lot of things are gone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, and, and, you know, we can't. Pre- I think people today just want to say the world starts now and nothing ever happened before. You know, I was thinking about this last night, actually. And you know what it kind of reminded me of? Remember the movie Planet of the Apes? Yes. At the end of the movie, when Charlton Heston is riding and he sees the Statue of Liberty and is down on it, and it's like he realizes it. I thought of that, and I thought, they were just way ahead of... That was a cancel culture thing. They forgot all about what used to happen in the world before, and, the, and it ruined civilization. Yeah. You can't just ignore the... Learn from it. Embrace it. Don't repeat it. But you can't pretend like none of it ever happened. Because, yeah, we are just all dust in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) And you bring up Les Miles right here as Kansas. He's out at Kansas. Les Miles is dust in the wind. There you go. Should Les Miles be gone for what he did or what the, I guess, people thought he did at LSU? Apparently there was several uh, allegations and all sorts of stuff. Plus, let's face it. That's a quick I, hook. That's a quick trigger for it something is a, it, that, it is a quick just, hook. somebody brings back up from six to eight years ago. Yeah, but remember one other thing, too. When he was doing that at LSU, he was winning. Yes. Wasn't winning at Kansas. <laughs> it's amazing what a – ask Bobby Knight what a winning team will do as opposed to a losing one. Yeah, nobody's winning at Kansas, all right? Charlie Weiss couldn't win at Kansas. No one can win at Kansas, and Les Miles couldn't win You don't know what would win at Kansas? To get out of Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe go to Kansas State. <laughs> All right. You got Terrible Tuesday takes. Hit us on Twitter at TCMartin21 at VGKFrank as well, too. Next hour, Curtis Terry is going to join us. Uh, UNLV, former running Rebel, and uh, does a great job on the radio broadcast of the Rebels. As the Mountain West Conference Tournament begins tomorrow, Rebels will be in the opening game of that. That is crazy. We'll talk about some UNLV women's hoops as well, too. And WCC Championship tonight with the Gonzaga Bulldogs trying to make it 30 wins in a row, uh, 26 this season. Exciting second game last night. Well, (laughs) you want to say exciting? I'd say it was close. It was one of the worst played games I've ever seen. It became exciting at the end. Yeah. Went to OT. Yeah. yeah. And they covered on a teaser, which was nice. So there there you have it. Teaser pleaser. But what a frustrating game to watch. All right. Pepe Le Pew was no teaser. No, he wasn't. He was a pleaser. <laughs> Back with more on the other side. Hour number two, T.C. Martin Show on a terrible Tuesday.